Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Steve Kenyon Podcast, episode 14. Boy, we've put a lot of shows together in a hurry. Uh, thank you for joining us. I am Steve Kenyon, and we've got a fun opportunity today to visit with one of the more colorful characters in professional rodeo, one of the more quotable guys, and one of the best team roping headers in the country, Coleman Proctor, headed to his eighth Wrangler National Finals rodeo, will join us in just a couple of minutes. He is competing this weekend at the Indian National Finals rodeo in Las Vegas at the South Point Hotel and Casino, both in the tie-down roping and the team roping. We'll hear more about that coming up with Coleman Proctor in just a couple of minutes from now. Today's show is being sponsored by Wrangler. Long live Cowboys. Thank you to the Justin Boot Company, the standard of the West, since they 1879 and by unbeatable feeds i want to encourage you to take a look at unbeatable feeds new forage only feed it is one of the simplest feed products on the market flaxseed oil alfalfa and beet pulp that's it uh, you can find out all about it uh, if you'd like to find a dealer near you go to unbeatablefeeds.com and use the convenient store locator unbeatablefeeds.com let's start with a look back on the weekend thank you to the Columbia River Circuit of the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association I spent my weekend announcing the Columbia River Circuit Finals Rodeo in Redmond, Oregon over $11,000 for bareback rider Austin Foss he won the first two go rounds split first three ways in go round number three here's what he had to say to Tanisha Hoptowit of the Columbia River Circuit's Facebook page Facebook page about his big weekend. That's been great. Uh, tonight was fun. I split the win uh, several ways there. Some really good guys and got a good good group of young kids. It really pushes you know, an older guy to be on his P's and Q's with things. And uh, yeah, I'm lucky to be able to draw that horse. And the other two, they're, they're really nice. So I had a good weekend. Colton Clements from Idaho, the year-end champion. Dalton Massey, Hermiston, Oregon, headed on to the Canadian Finals Rodeo next week and to the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo in December. First time for both finals for Massey and number one in both associations. He won both the year-end and the average at the Columbia River Circuit Finals Rodeo. Won two out of three go-rounds. Fourth year-end title for saddle bronc rider Joe Harper from Paradise Valley, Nevada, who has had to overcome a lot of injuries over the last couple of years. Uh, I'm doing great. You know, I just am so thankful to be here. I broke my back last year, and uh, there was a lot of people that told me maybe, maybe don't come back, but... Uh, with my family and my new beautiful wife, Clay Noel, we are uh, just moving forward and praising God for every day that we get. Caleb McMillan from Soap Lake, Washington, crowned the all-around champion of the Columbia River Circuit, working five events during the course of the rodeo season. He also won the year-end title in the bull riding. Results at ProRodeo.com. A lot of good interviews and comments on the PRCA Columbia River Circuit Facebook page. Mountain State Circuit Finals rodeo over the weekend. Keenan Hayes from Colorado has now won three state Mountain State uh, Mountain State's Circuit Finals titles. Of course, he's headed on to the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo in December in the number one spot in the PRCA in the bareback riding, over $265,000 for the year. That's a pre-NFR record. Hayes has a chance to do something no bareback rider has ever done, win the year-end title and the Resist All Rookie of the Year award in the same year. Yeah, yeah, I uh, see it, and I've uh, been chasing it ever since I heard about it. Uh, didn't really know about it coming into it, and then heard about heard people saying it, and uh, I think that'd be really cool, so going after that. Highlights from the Mountain State Circuit Finals Rodeo, 18-year-old Colton Kaufman from Wyoming won the third round and the average in the bull riding. National finalist Kelly Yates won two out of three go-rounds and the average in the barrel race. Professional Bull Riders Team Series has crowned its champions for 2023, the second year of the PBR Team Series. The Texas Rattlers are the 2023 champions. They defeated their in-state rivals, the Austin Gamblers, 355 and a quarter to 265 and a quarter. In the final matchup of the weekend at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Daniel Keeping locked up the title. He made a 90-point ride on his final bull at the PBR Team Series, PBR.com. For more information, National Rain Cow Horse Association, snaffle bit futurity has come to an end. Corey Cushing by a half a point over the rest of the field, winning the snaffle bit futurity. 662 and a half on a horse called Raise Em High. It was worth $200,000. Corey Cushing won his first snaffle bit more than a decade ago in 2012.
Well, I mean, it just it just made me a believer in myself. I mean, Steve, you've been around the cow horse. You've seen it quite a bit. You've followed it. You know, I mean, this ain't no easy job. And, um, you know, it takes a lot of time and effort and practice. And, you know, and, and then on top of all that, everything's got to go right. I mean, you've got to have the right day, right couple of days, um, you know, or, or, I mean, let's start from the very beginning. Uh, two and a half weeks, everything's got to go right, you know. I mean, we talked earlier, I've got six fraternity horses going, and uh, I've got hopes for all of them being uh, fraternity finalists. There's going to be some ups and downs. Um, I'm going to stay on the positive side and say that that's all going to be ups, but hey, that's just the nature of the beast. If something doesn't go right here, that doesn't mean that life's over for these good horses that I'm taking. Corey Cushing, Snaffle Bit Futurity win worth $200,000. The horse owned by Heather J. Batcher, the 662.5. As I said, a half point of better than the rest of the field. SJR Diamonds Bonnie, shown by Veronica Swales for the San Juan Ranch, took home the intermediate open title with the 659 Electrifying Metallic, written by Adria, Andrea Fapani, marked 650 to win the limited open for own, uh, owner Timothy Anderson. Really good information on the National Rain Cow Horse Association Facebook page and at nrcha.com. So that's a look at some of your headlines. You're listening to the Steve Kenyon Podcast. And when we come back, Coleman Proctor will join us. We'll talk about his plans getting ready for his eighth Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. That's all on the way. Thank you for joining us. The Steve Kenyon Podcast is sponsored by Resist All. We wear it every day. And a big thank you to Preford, number one in Ranch and Rodeo. There's no pretending to being a cowboy. Either you are or you aren't which is why everything we do as a company improves or preserves this way of life. The romance, the honesty, the toughness, the craft. More cowboys, please. America could use them. Resist all. We live it every day. Unbeatable Feeds is an American-made product supplied by American farmers who grow sugar beets throughout the upper Midwest. We're firm believers that performing at your best starts with top-notch nutrition and a feed company you can trust. Unbeatable Feeds, endorsed by PRCA world champions like Caleb Driggers and Haven Medjid. Unbeatable Feeds offers a valuable feed resource for all types of horses. Get all the details, learn about our products, and find a dealer near you at unbeatablefeeds.com. So the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo starts on December the 7th. Where are you staying when you go to Las Vegas? You had to think about the Grand View at Las Vegas. We've stayed at the Grand View for more than a decade during the NFR. Big, comfortable rooms. Super convenient, right across the street from the South Point Hotel and Casino, just a few minutes away from the Thomas and Mac. You can get all the details about the Grand View. Go to dailymanagementresorts.com. That's dailymanagementresorts.com. You're doing some shopping? I'd like you to take a look, if you would, at the 8 Seconds Media Store. We've got T-shirts, ball caps. We've got some really nice, warm, comfortable hoodies just in time for the colder weather that seems to be creeping into our lives here at the end of the month of October. 8 Seconds Media Store is available online. Just go to the shop link at 8secondsmedia.com. Wrangler National Finals Rodeo starts December the 7th. Among the guys we always keep an eye on, Team Roper Coleman Proctor. A great personality. He's got a career in media, I think, when he's done roping, whenever that is. Hopefully that'll be a really long time from now. Proctor goes into his 8th NFR in the number 6 spot in the PRCA's world standings, roping alongside Logan Medlin. We caught up with Coleman Proctor in Las Vegas. He's competing this weekend at the Indian National Finals Rodeo, both team roping and roping calves. Here's more with Coleman Proctor. So welcome to the Steve Kenyon Podcast, one of the best team ropers in the country and a man who is headed back to the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo in the number six spot in the world standings. Coleman Proctor uh, from Oklahoma now competing at his, what, eighth NFR this year, Coleman? Uh, congratulations. Yes, on making I it back. I can't believe that number, Steve. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, and you're such a young guy. I mean, you're such a kid. You know what's crazy, Steve, is I think I'm one of the oldest headers there this year. At the age of 38, yeah, I think you probably are. Um, Isn't that nuts? Jake Long and I were discussing that the other day, how if it wasn't Patrick Smith making the National Finals again, he'd be the oldest healer. And I thought, that can't be right. We're not those guys yet, are we? But I think it's actually happening. Well, let me see. Caleb is younger than you. Tyler is. 
Um, Dustin Ingeskies is still a kid. I'll tell you who I think one of the most interesting stories is this year, um, and he's probably kind of up there in your age bracket is Derek Begay, um, who is I am I'm actually really curious. He's forty. I'm really curious about how he is going to do this year. I think there's there's a possibility they could be a team to keep an eye on. Oh, 100%. I mean, the way that the field is set this year in the team open, you know, there's going to be a lot of opportunities from top to bottom. Depends on who gets hot out there. But, man, Derek Begay, you put him at the national finals, and, and he's he's always one of the best hitters in the world, probably one of the best cowboys in the world. But uh, he shines at the national finals. He's got the quickest release, the way he gets steers legal in a hurry. And you see where those guys really started having success last year, like not just this 2023 year, but in 2022, out of nowhere they crack out and just win San Angelo, one of the tightest, quickest setups there is all year long for us, you know, as team ropers. So I'm with you, man. I think uh, Derek Begay and Coulter Todd, they could make a lot of noise that week. Coulter is a guy I want to talk to uh, because he's – you know, he's had an interesting career, I think. You know, he, he hasn't always gone that hard, hasn't always tried to make it to the National Finals Rodeo, but he's also one of he, – he's a premier roper. I mean, he is really good at what he does, and that partnership, if he and Derek, you put two guys who are really good friends roping together like that, good things can happen, don't they? Oh, 100%. You know, culture cut out. He was a healer forever, like when we were young and kind of coming up about the same time. And then I remember when he switched to Hedden, and I think he was roping with like maybe Roy Alexander, and he's in the Great Lakes circuit. And I'm like, I thought Coulter healed. And uh, I'll never forget, we were at Venita, Oklahoma, amateur rodeo, or circuit rodeo for us, co-approved, first time I see Coulter Todd, and I asked a buddy that question. I said, I thought Coulter was healing. And he said, I'll tell you something. If he walks in the arena, the steer's in his range with a head rope. And I, and I never, he never looked back. He was just immediately the rankest header I'd ever seen. Huh. And uh, we got to go to Pocatello that year together. He was heading. You know, then he goes on, has all that ex- amount of success heading, had some great horses. Uh, he's just a heck of a story. And then goes home and raises his family and just dang sure. He set the standard on when somebody says that they're tired of rodeo and they're going to quit, it's like, well, are you like Coulter Todd quitting or are you going to go to the winter <laughs> rodeo to qualify for, right? Yeah. That's one of my favorite. I mean, he set the standard of he's a cowboy, but a, I mean a – a dang good husband and, and dad. And, you know, it's funny because now that I'm uh, I'm actually going to be having my third daughter coming in April, we found that out the other day. Oh, Steve. congratulations. So I bounce ideas off Coulter, right, because he was a parent long before any of the rest of us. And uh, we were talking about, you know, raising daughters and this and that. And he's just a fun guy to talk philosophy with. Now I really want to get him on this show sometime. I got to get that done. (laughs) Speaking of podcasts, okay, we're going all over the place. This is one of those interviews that just kind of is going to go because I I just love talking to Coleman Proctor. Let me tell me about your show. Tell me about your podcast. You know, it's been great. The Toter Tales has been a lot of fun. Uh, After the Governor's Cup, I did extend the invitation to Governor Christy Nome. Uh, Haven't heard back, but it wasn't a no immediately. So you know, who knows? We'll keep our fingers crossed on that one. I just told her people to give it my people. But, uh, you know, the podcast has been fun. It's something we do kind of to pass the time. Uh, I kind of went some upgrade on my equipment, and I had some really great interviews with uh, Will Loomis, Riley Webb, and a few others that my audio kind of cut in and out. So I tell you what I appreciate, Steve, is the way you stay on top of keeping your audio stuff so good. Because yours is a great one to listen to. And I think I found a lot of my a lot of my, uh, my listeners are in a tractor somewhere in a hayfield. In the middle of South Dakota, you know, and uh, traveling all summer, it's been so fun meeting fans of the Toter Tales and people who like watching my videos on Facebook. And it's kind of funny the amount of people now, they know me more for those videos than they do my head. And I was kind of like, I don't know how I feel about that. But uh, it's great that people kind of, that they relate to you, you know, and that you show my point of, of making those videos and stuff is like, it's not always fun and games and it's not, you don't always win and. I think we can get a perception out there that every time somebody enters, well, back in the day before the Cowboy Channel showed every run you make, you know, it was only highlight reel. So people only thought that you always won, you yeah. know, and they don't see the ups and downs and the, the rigs not working right or the horses are hurt or you're needing a trade, not getting it or, you know, just the stuff we go through every day. And then a lot of the fun times and the funny stories and things that happen and horses getting hurt and then bouncing back. And, you know, it's just, allowing them to be kind of 
interwove into your experiences through rodeo. And I think that really resonates with people in the Western culture. You know, one of the things that I, and I, and I do think, you know, the Cowboy Channel has helped to uh, lead the way on this. The Wrangler Network did a lot when they were, when they were, yes, you know, going full time. And, you know, I've tried to do my small part of, you know, giving people a look inside life on the road, life for the rodeo contestant. And, and you've lived it more than I have, Coleman. I, I, I don't have to, you know, pull a horse trailer up and down the road, but I mean, shoot, I've had my, my share of car breakdowns while I was trying to get, thank God, thank, thankfully home from the rodeo. Cause that at me, at least man, I made it there and announced the rodeo, but you know, when you had Western sports roundup, when it was, I'm talking serious XM radio days, right? Like back yeah. in the day, like that was our first look inside. And that's kind of really what motivates guys like me to tell my story from behind the scenes is because it was always fun to tune in there and you'd be covering a short round somewhere or, you know, an experience with these guys or that guy. And it kind of got your, you know, it, those guys are a lot like me. You know, it kind of gave you that feeling all the time. And so, really, I mean, you've been on the forefront of bringing the Western culture to people's lives. Well, thanks, Coleman. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that. By the way, for those of you who haven't figured it out already, Coleman Proctor is, whenever he quits team roping, if he ever does, and I hope he never does because I love watching him, but if he ever does retire from roping, He's got a future in the media. Uh, the one year, what was it, 2019, Coleman, when you didn't make the NFR? And 2018. Was yeah, it 18? I had a chance to go work with McKee on yeah. the Cowboy Channel. Yeah, and you were you were on the Cowboy Channel pregame show, and you were doing all of that. You were great. Um, oh, and your, your you. videos are great. And, I mean, there there is – are is there any interest someday, 15 years from now, in uh, when, you've, when you quit roping, um, if you – want to to get into some kind of media career you know i think we'll just see where that path takes you kind of deal i like doing anything that's fun that excites you that uh, makes you a little nervous you know and that was kind of a fun part of, of the broadcasting deal seeing that side of it um i think jake milton said it best for any team roper in the world uh what are you going to do when you get too old to rope well i get flag i guess you know what i mean like you just you love this sport so much you've given your whole life to it and uh, I think the number one thing that scares me about talking about retiring from rodeo, you know, uh, is that finding your passion, your next passion. Yeah. Because think about guys that, you know, to be a, a world-class header, healer, uh, any kind of NFR call, qualifier, I mean, you've got to give your whole life to it. I mean, I've wrote my whole life. I have every day that I wake up right now, I try to be the best header in the world, try to make the zero open finals. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's my goal every day. And so to all of a sudden wake up and not have that, you got to replace that with something. And, you know, the broadcasting media side of it, it does. It, it interests me a lot. I think it's fun telling you know, other people's stories. And I just think our our fan base is amazing, right? Like we're the greatest fan base in all of professional sports. And I think our athletes are truly amazing. Like yeah. there's so much better stories out there and content than a lot of other professional sports. And I think that the fan base really can relate to them. And getting all that out and showing more of it, I mean, that's something I'm pretty passionate about. But, yeah, I like to do that or maybe get into politics. or I'm sure I'll find something because I'm going to have three daughters that are teenagers about the same time, and it might be time to be out of the house for a while. That is something that Steph and I joke about all the time. Like, man, I, I kind of want to retire, like, right now, you know, when the kids are fun and they're young and, you know, like, dad's still really cool. And then about that time, they're like – dad's the dumbest person that they've ever met you know you know you're gonna go through it with your teenage daughters right yeah we like, were teenagers once I, too coleman we did the same thing you know what i mean then you pick back up and start rodeoing again so maybe i could do like a reverse to culture todd or just follow the same career path like take a few years off when it was fun the kids are young and then nope now dad's an idiot i'm gonna go ahead and start rodeoing again <laughs> yeah if i ever told you my theory about retiring from rodeo let's hear it it's the single easiest sport on the planet to unretire from yeah that's a good point yeah, you I, know, mean, I think what's hard and what's impressive is a, from like a guy like Coulter, and I use this example a lot, but hey, rodeo is all about timing, right? Like right now, I've got a, a, rock, a rock star stable full of horses, and I've got a great partner, and he's got awesome horses. And so all of that's just lined up. So once you liquidate the horses and you quit that partnership and you say, I'm done, right, then it's hard to just go find another great horse and be a great header again. So that's one thing Steph and I talk about. There's a lot of variables about picking your time to exit. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Let me ask you about that. Let me ask you about, we talked about Derek and we talked about Coulter and, and, you know, we might talk about some of the eyes, other guys are going to be there. Caleb's number one in the heading. Surprise, surprise. Um, you know, I mean, that's, he's, he is so good at what he does, but I mean, top to bottom, this field is loaded. You are in Las Vegas right now. And you're actually competing at the Indian National Finals Rodeo in the team roping and the tie-down roping. Tell me about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Indian National Finals is really cool. I, it's my favorite week of the year. I've gotten to come out here and work some media. Um, I actually qualified one time healing and one second. And then uh, my wife made it one year. So I've never – this is my first year to actually come out here and head. It's definitely the first year I've ever been out here uh, and rope Kev. They have a really neat program. It's a tour system throughout the year. We don't get to go to as many, obviously, as we're rodeoing all summer trying to make the national finals. But uh, we were fortunate enough to win a qualifier, me and my dear friend Griffin Passmore, and we're out here in the team roping. Well, then when we come out, they have a, a last-chance qualifier at the South Point the weekend before. I kind of tossed around the idea, and I think what it is, Steve, is I'm a steer roper now. So I, I pride myself on my athleticism, and I kind of just got a wild hair, and I was like, hey, I want to enter the calf roping. And I haven't ran a meaningful calf in 13 years. Yeah. And so I call a good buddy of mine, uh, Quentin Inman, and he was your tour champion in the steer wrestling and the, and the calf roping. He had calf roping horse of the year. I said, hey, do you have something I can ride? And he's like, you bet. Get on my good one. So I get to ride the horse of the year, and I get me a couple of calves borrowed from my partner or from my neighbor over there across from the pasture. And I was like, I just need to flank and tie a little bit every day. And I start getting some help. Like we went to Belleville the other night and I'm over there breaking down film with Doug Farr and Taylor Santos. I mean, like, like I get tutelage from the greatest guys in the world. right? Huh. So we get out here and I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie to you. I was really nervous. And uh, I tied my first one down. It was 10-3. Now it wasn't the fastest run, but I was – just have a place and then come back was 10 three again and actually uh one third in the average one with some money was the number one qualifier from the last chance deal so i'm really excited last night was our back number ceremony um the indian finals is a neat neat event i invite you out anytime you need to come cover it it's it's amazing the amount of talent in the native world and, and just how good these native american cowboys are uh i'm gonna be of course Derek begay's here eric rogers Santa jenny's here the team roping is stacked. And like you said, the national finals this year, the team roping is extremely stacked as well. But the hardest thing about being in Vegas twice in the fall for, you know, 10 days this last week, I'll be back in a couple of years. It would take six weeks off and then bam, it's 10 days again is it's really hard on my fasting. Yeah. Yeah. To get 20 days of Vegas <laughs> from the first of October to, to December. But no, I think, Hey, this year's going to be a fun year at the national finals. As far as the field's pretty spread. You know, let's talk about how, um, you know, Jake Clay comes in with 100,001. Well, he's just two go-rounds back. Now the go-rounds pay 30,000 apiece. And we've seen teams get hot. Even last year, Caleb Drew's coming in with a huge lead. They think the world title's already gone. And then comes down to he has to catch the last year. Tanner Thomason's the new world champ. So I think Tanner's showing last year that you could win $200,000 out there. Go-rounds taking a little bit of a spike. You know, it doesn't seem like a huge jump from 28 to 30, but that means a lot over 10 steers. And uh, that was what was so big about Sioux Falls with the top teams besides Tyler Wade not really doing any good. It gave chances to the guys in the mid-range like myself that yeah. had a chance to jump up. It's like getting a free two go-rounds of the national finals without them being entered. So, uh, you know, the field's set, and it's going to be a great rodeo this year. There's some interesting pairings. I don't know Clay Smith's going to rope with Peyton Bray. Um, Jake Clay, him and, him and uh, Tyler Worley. At the end, they come on like a house on fire to get them both there. So there's a lot of chemistry, even in the teams that are oddly mixed up. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it does. So how do those teams handle this, Coleman? What do they do? How do, how do Clay Smith and Peyton Bray for the next um, month and a half get ready for the National Finals Rodeo? Are they in the practice pen every day? You know, uh, those guys are in the practice pen every day regardless. And uh, I've never gotten to spar and hang out in their practice pen with them. I just know how, how my team approaches it. And, you know, right here through the end of October, we got a lot of jackpot rope. We got the capitalists this week. I've actually got a busy week bouncing between purse here at the Indian national finals and getting down to the capitalist. One of our major roping events. That's the uh, rope that Caleb Driggers puts on, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes. Him and Colin Vaughn on, and we've just had the rope horse maturity finish up. So, you know, guys start, in my opinion, guys start focusing on the national finals 
um, closer to the 1st of November. That's how it always is with me. I take a week off. Uh, usually I'll take the, you know, the last week of October off and then we get started. They've got the Riata roping, the Riata um, security incentive, whatever deal at Guthrie next week when I get back. And that'll kind of be after that every day will be national finals practice starting in November. Uh, like my guy will come up, we'll row, Logan and I'll come up, we'll row three or four times a week. And then Charlie Crawford has his big, right. um, big roping in, in Cowtown. And that's kind of the mark of, you want to put in some days to kind of, you know, be scrimmaging, and then there you get your first outing. And like me, I'll ride my backup horse and and make sure everything's set there. Because like going to the national finals, I know the number one horse I'm riding, Heisman, um, unless he's unable to perform, he's going regardless. So it's all about my focus is having a great feeling second horse to back him up. Because I think that's like the number one thing that you fear is getting out there and you know getting an abscess or getting you know not. You want to be prepared for every situation so that it doesn't happen. Tell, and, uh, tell me about your number one. Tell me about your number one horse. Heisman. So after I rode him at the Governor's Cup, and I got some great friends at, at Complete Equine Performance down in Mulder, Oklahoma, that you know they have a huge spa and they get him. You know they've got all the stuff to get him back in, in shape and rolling. And you know he's got a little bigger knee now. He's getting a little age on him. He's fifteen or so, and and it's more important for him to be in shape because he's kind of like me. He's really athletic, but he carries a lot of extra weight around, you know, <laughs> and, and that's okay. And you just got to learn to manage that. And so anyways, he's been ever since the governor's cup, I sent him back down there to my good friends and they're getting him fit and ready for the finals. Because when we start finals practicing on him, he'll get three or four a day. And Heisman, he's just got a lot of personality and uh, he doesn't do well fresh, but he also doesn't do well when he's, War, war down. You know, I think Hunter Keir said it best when we went to the national finals. He said, how you get on a roll out here is you knock the barrier out of the latch. One time. You either get some money or you knock the barrier. As soon as you get a great start, your whole week can get going. Yeah. He said the number two important thing is to have your horses in a position where they're not peaking too early. When I've had the worst finals, it's been my horses were too sharp coming in. And by the end of the week, I didn't have enough horse left. You know, but they also can't be too dull. Like you've got to have them in that right sweet spot, like riding a roller coaster, just a few clicks before she goes over the top and you enjoy the rest of the ride. You kind of got to have them in the right spot where they're, they're, they peak about round three and then they're sharpening up through the middle rounds. And then by the end of the rodeo, when the steers are getting a little softer, they're sharp enough to win on, but you still got enough to go catch on. So it's really important. Heisman's done a great job. He's so gritty tough. And uh, he, he's been – it's been a huge relief to me to know that I've got, I've got the, you know, when, as soon as we get the finals made, I know what horse I'm riding. I know the focus where it needs to be, making sure he's ready to go. You know, now his, his preparation is more fitness uh, rather than performance. Tell me about Logan, your partner, and he's had a two-time horse of the year. Who's he riding and what is your, what is his plan? You know, he uh, he had two-time horse of the year at Drago, and that's actually what he rode uh, at our circuit finals the other day. And Drago's an amazing animal. And really, he has a horse that he rode at the Futurity Cantina that he got off of Drago last year in round four. Just didn't feel like he was quite getting there when he needed to. Um, honestly, I think what it was was he had rode Cantina so much last fall that he got comfortable with him and mm -hmm. like all the buttons that Cantina has. And so he actually stepped off the two time and then he was reserved last year, horse of the year, Drago. Now he's riding Cantina. Cantina's seven years old. Uh, Logan brought him along. He's, he got him from the tongue river ranch down there and kind of by where Logan's from. They've got a bunch of amazing horses yeah. and they're all cowboy horses. And Logan's done a great job every year. We've roped like he's had a green one started over here that we'd make our runs. And he'd be like, Hey, if you could turn me some, let's just go be seven. And then by the end of that year, heck, he's rodeoing on him, and that would be Cantina. Cantina's got a lot of wheels. He can fly. Hmm. He's got a lot of moves, and he can get in some, you know, when he get when I do a bad job and don't quite set the steer up like I need to, Cantina's one of those horses that can make up for that. He can put you always in the right spot right when you need him to. And so he's kind of a real instinctual heel horse that knows where to be, has all the athletic ability to be in those positions, you know, when other horses probably couldn't quite make that step. And it gives you a lot of finning to look at, you know, place like Sioux Falls where our steers were just a touch slower. You know, sometimes those horses that are real athletic, they can kind of get their, get in the way. You know, they can have too many moves. And, man, the way that he slams the door shut makes us fast. 
and uh, he he brought the game down whenever the steers were slower. He he performed at a slower level and stayed easy. So uh, potentially Logan's riding maybe one of the greatest hill horses the game's ever seen, in my opinion, uh, in Cantina. And and his backup horse is a two-time and reserve champion horse of the year. So I mean, my guy is stacked when it comes to horse flesh. Yeah, that's Coleman. I I've kept you longer, and I told you I would. Can you oh, hang yeah, out for a couple more minutes? Are you okay? Oh yeah, Steve, we're good. Okay, I just I, I know you got to go rodeo, so I don't want to. As I'm talking to Coleman, he's getting ready for the first performance at the Indian National hey, Finals. And I'm I not going to lie, any any distraction from having to go rope this calf in front of Joe Beaver here in a little bit, like I got <laughs> Joe Beaver commentating. You know what I mean? And I get nervous enough, anyways, when he's when he's picking apart my head and I'm fixing to go crank it around one's neck and a calf roping. I flank and tied that first day. My wife asked me, she said, "How'd it feel?" And I said, "Well, baby, it felt like I got about 25 extra pounds of rust up here that I used to not have." Yeah, trying to rope calves, but yeah. Well, and the biggest thing is, yeah, you're going to be right there in front of Joe B. So yeah, there you go. At least he- at least he can tell him how I should have left the calf standing. Probably yep. not going to be able to. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Let me let me ask you about cattle. Um, as you guys get ready for the NFR, I know the steer wrestlers have you know big gatherings where they get together and they bulldog steers and they kind of sort them out. And how how do the team ropers handle that? You know the the team roping deal has been better the last few years. I thought because Bobby Joe gets our steers in, he's got them fed up. We break them in when they're a little bit. Uh, when they're a little thinner, like they're not thin, but they're just, they're not, they don't have their NFR show clothes on. And we, then I think it, that's important when you break in cattle to not let them be too big and strong right off the bat. So they can learn to get their balance and they break in and make better steers that way. So we get to go break them in. I think Driggers will have them in his house. Everybody will get to rope through them a couple times. And then they actually take them and they have one jackpot on them. Um, the Vegas pregame, yeah, right there in Stephenville, Texas. And we all kind of go to that jackpot. They'll rope them in the, both the open and the 15. And that'll kind of help set your pins. And I think it helps in the team roping to actually use them at a jackpot once. You get to see them in town, barrier on there, you know, kind of get to see what they are. And then they go back and get fed really strong. And then that's all of our prep. And they're ready when they get to Vegas. Uh, we cut them from, I think he brings out 65 or 70, and we, we cut them into three pins with some extras. So. Uh, that, that was kind of all of our preparation right there is just breaking them in when they're when they first kind of get them together and then we put a jackpot on them and I think they've done better that way um, in Vegas I think that's such a hard place because you got one pin of steers that's getting ran four times right the barrier's so short the setup's so short you know it, it, it's hard to have a great set of steers but I think the last three or four years Bobby Joe's done a great job yeah you know and and that's do you are you cognizant of that when you're looking at that that bunch of steers that okay if we put this steer in the number one pin we're liable to see him in the tenth go round when somebody's trying to win a world title or not you know win the average or whatever because are are you guys aware of do you, are you thinking about that as you're putting them into pins or is that a dumb question you know mainly no mainly it's just you go with your strongest set because I got to go four times yeah so anything that's really getting it that leaves their running trying their hardest. Um, those are the ones that go in the first that first set of steers because those were what we'll see uh, round 10 for the national finals. Really, the funnest part is like my wife, now we've got it down to a science. Uh, we know we video every steer. We've got a, a dry erase board. So every steer goes through the when we, in the break-in, they'll go twice. Rope them once, push them down, and they turn them. And we'll have them all cataloged, you know, all 60-some steers. It takes me about an hour and a half now. And I've got a whole diary of, of roping steers. And if they get missed, they get brought back, and we get to turn them one more time. Um, so I get the whole catalog of the NFR steers and you know, what's great is then when next year, when we go to Odessa and Denver and some of these other places or Fort Worth, like you end up seeing those steers again yeah. and I got all this history on them. You know, it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, are, is there a time after the first performance when you guys get back in the arena or you, you, you tube like during the day, do you go down in the morning or something? Do you, or, or I know the barrel racers get in sometimes really early in the morning, uh, yeah. to work their horses. Do, do the ropers do any of that? You know, it's interesting you ask that Steve, cause uh, Tiffany Wagner, actually, anybody that knows me knows about Tip. Uh, she's been our help and she's been with us every step of the way. Uh, I actually never see my horse. So when we get to Vegas, you know, after the break-in, um, starting on about Thursday, let's just go through like a day at the NFR. We get up, we have breakfast. Well, Tiff will come by, and she gets all the notes of what we need done. If if Heisman was a little spicy in the box last night or, you know, she likes to get my horses out. So she'll actually go ride them in the arena. There's a time that she sets up with Tony 
the arena director. They go ride. She works, you know, she might work him on the wall. She might, she might just sit him in the box and let him relax. And she just tips him around. That's what I call it. That's she's like a verb. She just tips him around, huh. loves on him. And, and what's great about that is, is I've learned that my energy sometimes when I'm nervous and his energy, it doesn't match up well. So it's great to, for us not to be like me warming him up. It almost does better to have Tiff on him. So about two o'clock, Tiff has to come get me because we've got the Purina pregame show. We got to have you down there sometime. Okay, right I'd love to. The, the Thomason map, and uh, so we do the show. She has to come get me at two o'clock. I've been signing autographs or running around doing other stuff, and then we do the show. She goes and gets my draw. I come back. She's got. I rope the dummy, take my family picture, rope the dummy, step on my grand entry horse. She's on Heisman, and I used to get on him and warm him up, but I'm telling you, sometimes it's just weird. It's like I'll elevate his energy too much, or he'll elevate mine, and. And we might get to fussing and fighting, so it's just best a couple of brothers just give them a little space, you know what I mean? And then yeah. they work great together for about 15 minutes. Uh, well, so Tiff, she warms up Heisman, and then I meet her at the back. I go swing my ropes, come through the media room, get my rope bag ready. And then basically I step on my horse when he's about three away in the alleyway. Um, and that works great for me, but yes, Tiff, she gets him in there quite a bit. And I've never been a big, like, I'm going to go practice every day. And I know everybody has their process, but what's worked best for me is, is it takes trust. Like if you're going to be doing anything great, you know, the preparation, the groundwork, it's all been laid. Like for, we've been roping 40 to 60 to 80 a day for a month getting ready to do this. So in like with this year, having an extra week between Thanksgiving and the start of the finals, you know, there's going to be a lot of time getting stuff ready. So when I get out there, it's more about rest. Speedy was always the one that told me you have to get rest every day, no matter what, even if it's an hour, even if you don't sleep, lay down, Get rest, be ready, trust your process, have a lot of confidence. I've never been a big let's go practice every day while we're out here guy, you know, because I just more want to enjoy the experience. Yeah. I know I'm ready, back in there and have confidence. Yeah. You know, Martha Josie once told me, the, the world champion barrel racer, that the first piece of advice she would give any first-timer headed to the NFR, if you're in the timed events, have somebody else do all the work on your – I mean, don't – don't you're, you're going to be so busy doing everything – that having somebody you really trust there to be with your horses is a load that is lifted off your shoulders that you will never regret getting rid of. Um, and that was, well, that was from, yeah. And that, and Martha last qualified what, 20, 30, 40 years ago. So uh, that's good advice from, from a long time ago. Well, and that's what Jake Long told me the first year. And it's not, you know, it's funny because people think, Oh yeah, you're just, high rolling got somebody taking care of your stuff it's like no like my horse is a superb athlete he's the best horse in the national finals uh, in the team roping you know i truly believe that and <laughs> he has his own person to take care and pamper for him right like i've got a crew of people that help me keep everything i got going on straight and heisman that's his week too so he, you know tiff's there for him a hundred percent and i don't want to have any area of his need neglected you know she's she's doing therapy on him every day she's you know, getting him out. I mean, he, it's just amazing the care that he gets. And it, that's something he wouldn't be able to get if I was having to do all of it. And that's what I think people overlook is, is like Tiffany, she's there to help Heisman. Steph, she's there to help me. Right. So that's, we, we both got a big week ahead of us and yeah. it's been a recipe for success lately. Yeah. Um, it takes a village to take care of Coleman Proctor folks. Hmm. Always have. And I'm afraid it always will. <laughs> And that's okay, actually, uh, because you got the people around you that want to do it. Last question, that's Coleman. Right. You you kind of got into this a little bit. A day in the life in Las Vegas for the people that are competing at the NFR. Um, I'm sure there are a few days where you're able to say, okay, I'm not doing anything today. I'm going to just relax, put my feet up, maybe go shopping, go to lunch with my family, whatever. There are a lot of days that you guys go from morning until late at night, right? Well, Used to, I would have said that for sure, yeah. No, um, us, my wife and I, it's funny because we want to be young and vibrant and wild, you know. And I, this is what I'm impressed with. Are the contestants who still get to go out at night and have a good time? They might go to some of the clubs and, and visit around. Like, we're wore out. If we haven't won the round, we might order Olive Garden and have it sent to our room and be in, in our in our sweats by 930. You know, that's that's a day in the life of, a, of, a, of Coleman and Steph. But – no, it is. It's busy. And, and what's great is I have people ask me all the time. They're like, you know, what was, you know, is it worth it? Because you get a lot of people that have tried and they, and they haven't quite broke through. But, you know, and I said, man, Thursday at five o'clock, 
and it happens still. My every year I've been, and I think Jake Long's the same way. He's been now thirteen times. Five o'clock on Thursday, every bit of it was worth it. Yeah, that feeling you get in your stomach, you know. But we, it's so fun. We we go out on a Sunday. Uh, usually the Sunday after Thanksgiving this year, like I said, it's a week later. We go out Sunday. Um, that gives us a day to get our cars, get our rooms. Tiffany will come get the rig, and we'll have to have all of our clothes and stuff loaded. And she takes all of it to her place in Arizona. Um, and then she comes on out usually Sunday or Monday. We get the horses all put away. We get all of our bags unloaded. And then on that Monday, I try to take all my girls. I say my girls, like my wife, my daughters, my mother-in-law who comes out to help us for two weeks. I mean, that's what people don't understand. Like my mom comes for two weeks. You know, my mother-in-law comes now to help with our daughters. Our daughters are out there for two weeks. I mean, it's a village of people and, and, and all of them are there to help you just so you're ready to rope. And I think that's one thing that gets hard when you're not having a great finals is you feel like you're letting a whole lot of people down. Like there was a time when if I missed, I was just letting me down. You know what I mean? If I wanted to figure out how to get a dollar figure, you know, the dollar made so I could have a hot dog and a bottle of water and leave and go to the next show, you know, that's fine. But now we got a whole lot of people that are all giving their time and supporting you. So on Monday, what I like to do is take all of my girls and we all go get our toes done. And I'm not going to lie to you, Steve. I enjoy getting my toes done too. Not a huge fact I like coming people, but you get somebody to massage my feet for 30 minutes, <laughs> right? And especially when they start whispering back and forth, I know they're talking about how terrible my feet probably are. You know what I mean? And like they're over there scrubbing. I just, it's amazing. It's a great experience. But I try to take them all out on Monday. Uh, and just kind of my thank you guys for everything again. It's been a great year. Let's do it again. Give yeah. them a spa day. Absolutely. So yeah. Tuesday we rope the steers through, which is probably for a first-timer and even for an eight-timer. Like the steer break-in is one of the funnest times because it's your first time that you walk down that, that, the alleyway of that hallowed ground. You smell the way the air mixes with the dirt, and it just smells different. Like it just – it's the national finals. Your first time you get to be on that floor that you've seen yeah. on TV so many times. I mean, I still get chills right now thinking about it. And I think that's how I know I'm not ready to retire. But we break steers in on Tuesday, back number night that night. And that's kind of the one night my wife will go get our mirage coats. Uh, that's like the one night that we get to go out and we kind of play some cards or we might go play some machines. We kind of have our one night there. And then uh, Wednesday, once, once Wednesday rolls around, I might go play a little golf, but Basically, the first perf starts on Thursday, and, and I'm busy about every day with, you know, I have a lot of great companies that stand behind me, and, and so I get to go represent them and meet, you know, a lot of fans and their customers and, and everything else. And I, because I've got to shut all my stuff down to be back in my room by one so that I can leave by two to go to the, to go to the Purina pregame show. That's been something fun that popped out of, you mentioned it earlier, and I think this is important for people to know that. Just because you don't make the national finals, that's not a setback, right? Like, that's right. an opportunity. And that really opened a lot of doors for me, missing the finals. The two times I did, in 18, I got to go work for the Cowboy Channel. And then in 20, I had the opportunity to go work with Purina. And and now they've kind of made us a staple in their program, uh, getting to do the pregame show with Luke Branquino on the steps. It's a fun atmosphere. It's enjoyable. We get the fans out there. We've got some fans that have came every year for it. You know, and people start showing up early at the rodeo just to watch our show. And so it's been something fun to be a part of. And uh, I certainly don't ever want to let them down as far as um, I wanted to make the finals. And I had my, even my partner was like, well, you're not going to have to do the show now, are you? And I'm like, absolutely, I'm doing the show. Like, yeah. you guys stood behind me when I didn't make it. And I want to be here. And it gives it a new aspect, you know, competing every night and getting to talk with Luke. And, and honestly, it gives me a leg up getting to talk to a five-time world champ, greatest year wrestler ever, you know, so – it's fun. We our week's busy. You're definitely ready to go home at the end of the two weeks, but uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Yeah, my my thing with the NFR. I'm always excited when I get to Las Vegas. Somewhere in the middle of the week, I'm always like, God, I want to go home. And then somewhere about the uh, seventh or eighth go round, I'm like, Do I really have to go home? Um, it's 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 just kind of a really interesting roller coaster ride because everybody's so busy going so fast uh for those for those two weeks that we're down there last question coleman um Love it. this is your eighth nfr in the team roping you finished 20th in the world this year in the in the steer roping um uh. and i get to announce my first steer roping finals here in a couple of weeks but is is that is that on your radar is that uh you're, you're not that, that far from making it hundred percent on my radar it's been on my radar since i bought my steer horse you know obviously they say that just if you want if you want different results get around a different set of people because the conversations change right and so when i started steer roping man i got to hang out with jess tierney billy good a bunch of these guys that make it you know cole patterson came down and helped me 
And uh, there's been so many great people that helped my steer open because I'm motivated. I really love it. It's the most cowboy event there is. It's the greatest group of guys. Uh, I'm actually really excited. You know, I never went to the national finals before I made it. And even when I would be out there broadcasting or doing anything, I would never go in and watch from the stands because I had this true belief that I've got one seat and that's in a 14 and a half inch coats on the back of Heisman. That's my spot in that house. Right. But this year I'm really excited because I'm actually going to go help Jess Tierney and Billy good, you know, at, at the steer open finals, you know, be getting their ropes ready, their horses ready, kind of just be their helper um, and get to experience it from behind the scenes. Uh, and I hope that really sets the fire in there um, to get across that threshold and get it made last year. That's a, that's a tough group of guys. Yeah, and the is. money in the student open is finally starting to come around. You know, it's starting to take more. You know, when you see the results in the in the book and it's taking a hundred thousand in the team roping and you know, it's taking forty some thousand in the steer roping, like that's great signs that rodeo's headed the right direction. Uh, it also means that competition's getting tough and then they're getting better. And it's it's amazing to see Cole Patterson sets the earnings record again this year. Uh, he he might be it is hard to ever say. They call Guy Allen Ledge for a reason, and he had a huge uh, influence on Cole's game for sure. But, man, Cole Patterson might be the greatest steer roper I've ever seen. And I didn't wasn't alive in the golden era of steer roping, but he's amazing. And yeah. that is some, that is absolutely on my radar. I'm working really hard at it. I've got every head horse that I have that's not going to the national finals. We trip steers on now. I mean, I practice every day. Uh, I was never this motivated in the calf roping, like ever, not ever. So I'm in love with steer open. Um, I was excited this year because you really got to be in the top 20 to, or the top 24 to make it to San Antonio, which is like the biggest steer open of the winter. Um, also to be, to get into the Ropen Fiesta. That was the big one. I actually fly home. This is how crazy I am about steer open. I'm actually getting done here at the Indian finals on Saturday night. After I've flown back and forth to South Texas to this uh, capitalist. I'm going to take an all-night flight to, to Houston, Texas. I land at 6 a.m. I get a rental car, and I drive five and a half hours to San Angelo for the Robin Fiesta that starts at noon. Wow. So I can trip steers there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was I was happy this year, Steve, because I feel like we're on a good trajectory. Last year, we only had – the only reason we got qualified for some of the stuff was because we did good at one rodeo, and I won 20000 This year, we won more money, but I never had those big hits like a Cheyenne. I got with some of that money that, that Jess Tierney talks about being reliable money, money that you can pick up at every rodeo, three or 4,000 here and there. Um, not just like, oh, you won 20,000 at one spot. You know, it's hard to think you're going to be successful with that recipe. So, you know, steer open is something I'm really working hard at. I'm really trying hard. And I really am, uh, I really want to make, uh, I really want to make steer open finals next year. It's a huge goal of mine. I want to get that checked off the list. And I, cause I want to make both of them. I want to go, I think it's the coolest thing in the world when Taylor Santos goes, Steering finals and the national finals. I mean, how do you not love that? All the yeah. greats that I grew up idolizing, T Woman, you know, Brett Boatwright, all those guys that would make both finals in the same year. I, I just, I want to follow that that track of people. And I'm not saying after the Governor's Cup uh, that Stetson Wright, you know, was any less friendly to me. I don't know if he feels the winds of change. <laughs> I did get maybe a random phone call the other day. Uh, from a Utah number that I didn't answer. You know, I know he probably has the feel now that I'm roping Kev out here at the Indian Finals. You know, I don't know if it's starting to get a little dicey there. Uh, so we're going to try to start cutting into that all-around lead of 400 and some thousand. Did you know this, Steve? I didn't know this the other day. Uh, my money from Sioux Falls did not count because you can only official 69 all-around rodeos. Huh. Right? I didn't know that. So it didn't, it didn't account in, my, in the all-around standings. Uh, which, you know, slid me back. So Stetson, it's okay. We can be friends again. Uh, but weirdly, it didn't affect his money a whole lot. <laughs> he still had half a million dollars. Yeah, he's he's it. If you add it all together, if you t- if you include all the stuff that, that doesn't show up in the official standings, $620,000 going into the NFR. Um, what an, like, how do we even have any conversation without saying, what an amazing individual. Oh, yeah. Like, what it, I think he's... You know, he's a young, good-looking kid with a great personality, greets everybody with a smile. I watched him in Pendleton at the Extreme Bulls finale for a half an hour after after a performance, sign autographs. For a half an hour. You know, I mean, Kai Hamilton, one of my favorite things i ever seen. They were, I was hanging there talking to, I mean, I'm in the cool group of, of the Rough Stock Riders. I'm talking to J.B. Mooney, because he's a roper. Don't let him fool you. So J.B. Mooney, Kai Hamilton, and Stetson. And they're roping... They're roping a dummy like they're roping the little shorty, just heading and healing it. Like their pastime is being team ropers. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like I thought 
like my pastime would be if I was good enough to like ride Bronx and bulls, you know, that's the coolest thing you can do. But their, their favorite pastime is to be team ropers. I'm like, hey, see, we, we all get along great. It's awesome. Yep. So the next time I interview Stetson, I will ask him if he is feeling the pressure from the all-around yeah, hopes of Coleman know, Proctor. The change under the sails of Coleman's wings. I said, I told somebody that day, I said, you know, Stetson could literally sit out probably two years and just keep his money the same and let us just start accumulating it from right now. And he would be like an eight-time all-around <laughs> champion. That's how long it would take us to catch him. Yep. What an amazing generational talent. And how fun is that in rodeo? You know, you had Larry Mahan, and you had Ty Murray, and you had Joe Beaver, you had Joe Beaver, however those two went in, Trevor Brazil. I mean, and now it's like you get to see another one of those greats. You know, it's just great that every every generation has their Stetson right. Yeah, sports are frequently sure. defined by their stars. Um, if you think, I mean, I don't care which sport you're talking about. If you want to talk about Joe Montana and football or, or, uh, you know, whichever Michael Jordan, whomever, uh, sports are frequently defined by their stars. And if that's the case, Stetson is a pretty good star to have define our industry. Well, and I do want to just point out that, I mean, I am just, I'm keeping my calf rope and contained to, uh, just the Indian national finals. My partner was worried about that because I did have a small wreck, uh, my first day practicing. My buddy was like, hey, ride this horse. If she doesn't stop, just go ahead and make your move. I quote, uh, make your move, and she'll stop when your foot hits the ground. Well, it turns out when I made my move, I might have spooked her, and uh, she did stop when my right hip hit the ground ah, out got there. It. I mean, it, and 245 don't bounce like it used to. But, <laughs> uh, my partner, funny, I seen that video. He's like, hey, man, we team rope. Like, let's just, why don't, why don't we team rope? And but he, when I tied them both in 10, he said, oh, Lord, Coleman's going to want to start in there next year. But I just want to put Stetson's mind at rest. Don't worry. This is only an INFR situation. I won't be doing three events next year. I'll just be doing the two. Got it. I understand. Coleman Proctor, I asked you for 15 or 20 minutes. You gave me 40. And I appreciate well, I it so much. I appreciate your time, Steve, because I think you do an amazing thing for Western sports. And, and we're all huge fans of you. And I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Because like I told you before, if I'm talking to you, that means I'm doing good. Yeah, well, that's true. And you're headed to your eighth. Before you worry about this, the first steer open final, let's go have a, a big old great eight NFR. How about that? You know, I'm excited. One go around away from him. So this is really the first year that I've been in a serious spot to uh, have a chance at that gold buckle. Yeah. That's something we're working really hard for, so I'm really excited. Awesome. Coleman, good luck uh, at the Indian finals, and we'll see you somewhere soon. Thank you. Team Roper Coleman Proctor from Oklahoma. Always fun to have a chance to catch up with Coleman Proctor. That's it for episode 13 of the Steve Kenyon Podcast. Our show is sponsored by Wrangler. Long live Cowboys. Thank you to the Justin Boot Company, the standard of the West since 1879. To resist all, we wear it every day. Prefert, number one in Ranch and Rodeo. To unbeatable feeds to the Grandview at Las Vegas. Please don't forget to take a look at the 8 Seconds Media Store. And don't forget to check out episode number two this week week of the legends of the hall podcast highlighting the pro rodeo hall of fame our guest this week bob tallman legendary rodeo announcer four-time world champion saddle bronc rider clint johnson thank you for joining us for the steve kenyon podcast god bless everybody i'm steve kenyon